Hello, it is I. Your friend the internet. You may have heard of me when you are checking your emails, snapping your chats, or on the hit podcast dead to me. I am kind of a big deal. Anywho. For many years my friend Kevin and his friends have made a thing. It was called Chunky Glasses the podcast. All good things come to an end though, like humans for example. Ha. 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 And so it was that the band broke up and Kevin moved to the great white north of Wisconsin. This caused much sadness in the land, but after pouring over some, nerd alert, ancient tomes it became clear that there might be some way to connect all these friends and more over vast distances to continue the work that they started in a basement in Washington DC. Spoiler, it me. And so on the 14th day of February in 2019 begins the age of discologist. No basement. No rules. Just passing time till I, the internet, ends us all. Welcome back, friends. Now on to the show. Okay. It comes here, and it finishes here. Five, four, three, two, Welcome back, fellow music lovers. Do not adjust your sets. Do not panic. Your podcast app of choice is not broken. Uh, you're just in for a change. What you once knew is Chunky Glasses, the podcast, is now and forever to be known as Discologist. Uh, there were a lot of reasons for this change, so we're going to run them down real quick before we jump into uh, today's inaugural episode. Now, when we started uh, Chunky Glasses, the podcast, it was basically on a dare. My friend Paul dared us. And uh, it involved massive amounts of beer, and it was really just an excuse for a few of us to hang out in uh, Andre's basement on Thursday nights and uh, argue about music. Uh, those are out there. Those are the first 25 episodes or so. And as it evolved alongside the website, ChunkyGlasses.com, uh, though it became something else entirely, we transitioned from Andre's basement to my basement in Brooklyn, uh, which is a neighborhood in Washington, D.C., for people who have never been there um, and that place uh, I, I've talked a little bit about it and, and now in hindsight with distance I can say that place was was magical and uh, you know when we started there it was just the three of us running our mouths but quickly uh, some of the best journalists and more importantly the best music fans fell into our orbit and Thursdays there uh, became not just an escape, not just a way to hang out, not just a way to build community and family, um, but to do some real uh, critical thinking about music and what we consume, what music is. Uh, that was uh, sort of became my goal with this whole thing. And uh, and so we did that. And we put it all on tape. Our entire history, the lives of our friends, of me, uh, our family, countless musicians, it's, it's all out there. It's 400 fucking episodes. It's a lot, but you can dig into it, and uh, and you'll see the evolution, and you'll understand why this evolved. Because um, for us, you know, that basement and 
was magic. It was a, it was just a special place. And it's gone now, or rather, we're gone. We uh, had the opportunity to move to Milwaukee, um, get out of of the swamp, as it were. Uh, but really, we love DC. But it just is right time, so we packed up the three cats in the car, and me and the lady drove up here and arrived to five degree weather, and that thus ended the the first chapter of this story. Uh, which brings us to Discologist. The question was, will it go on? And uh, I don't think it was ever a question that it would not. Um, but we had to figure out how. We can't be in the same room. We can't have that same magic. There is no uh, central place. And even though our new HQ is pretty sweet, uh, it's kind of temporary. Um, so we need to figure out how to do it um, You know, using the tools we have, the internet, uh, the way we are all connected. And, uh, and more than that, we need to figure out how to do it like involving more of you. Um, reaching out to people who want to talk about music uh, because that's, I think, where the real real work uh, is, is left to be done. It's not enough that like we like something. It's not about our tastes. Uh, it's about what is revealed and talking about this stuff uh, that sort of can serve as a companion to a lot of the music that we talk about. Um, but, uh, but so we're going to be doing that and uh, we're going to be starting that on Friday when we review my friend Aaron Abernathy's a remarkable new album epilogue but right now we're gonna sort of launch this thing with a little transitional thing uh you're gonna we're gonna spend one last hour in the basement we uh with aaron abernath uh aaron was a friend of mine that, that i met a couple years ago uh producing another show and um we became friends bonded over a shared love of music but uh also he is as i like to say good people um which is what we all uh what we wanted in our in our family he is part of our family uh, for sure um and seeing his growth over three albums monologue dialogue to now epilogue has been remarkable and he continues to grow and i am uh remarkably proud of him you'll hear me say that again but at any rate um we didn't know if we were going to be able to get this done the album just came out uh but it came out during the time we were moving uh as as most things happen with the basement uh is serendipitous and a window opened up, so I said, come on over. It was literally the day before we packed up everything in the basement, held it open for him, and uh, and the last thing that we recorded then. Uh, and we're talking about love, we're talking about modern faith, uh, we're talking about his journey as a musician, uh, as, a, as a man, as a black man, as, uh, you know, the, the purpose of... Um, not just kindness, but uh, but doing the work. Uh, as a uh, for me, it summed up like everything that this podcast, the previous podcast, Chunky Glasses podcast, was about, um, and what I want this to be. So that is what we're doing. If you guys are ready and get comfortable, uh, grab a seat, grab a snack, maybe a beverage. Um, we are looking very much forward to talking to you soon. But right now, uh, let's go check in on my friend Aaron Abernathy. And talk to him about his remarkable new album, Epilogue. Change that. 
And me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because because what we uh, part of it was getting Eduardo in there, but it was uh, it was about music, but it was also about family. Mm-hmm. And and uh, in tied up in family is faith. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. people like you, people like Phil Cook, which I still yeah, need to introduce I like, you to. I like Phil. We follow each other. He's huh? he's beast. We follow Phil each other. Phil is a on, beast. On IG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and uh, I'm actually sending your album to him uh, mm. tonight. So please. Um, but uh, people like that changed who we were and made us do better. So I, I don't know if I'm going to cut that out or leave that in. Yeah, but no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. So thank you for that. that it was. Oh, it was oh, uh, thank you for having we me. We don't. Uh, and Eduardo would tell you the same thing if he was here. We didn't take any of it lightly. Yeah, that we were able to do this, the community and everything, and uh, and like I'm like, and we'll get into this, but this like stunned that like you who can make something like this, wow, have are in this basement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because, yeah. uh, and I guess we're rolling into it or something, but like, you're a fucking superstar, dude. Oh man, thank you for I, that. I, I just feel like I'm me. Yeah, but but somewhere in there, there is um. We've I've known you for what now? Three years? Four years? Yeah, the three years. Yeah, it's been about three or four, think, maybe. And you showed up with yeah, just randomly. I thought you were black milk. I don't know you if you thought I was that. black milk. Oh yeah, yeah you I did. Was like, hey, yeah, what's yeah. up? I was yeah. like, ah, shit. Like I'm you're not, not you're not black milk. Yeah, but uh, and and you sat down here and we talked about that rebellion and, sessions, and then you were like, yo, man. I got this thing called Monologue coming out. And I was like, well, what's that all about? And like, well, kind of 90s R&B kind of shit. I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let, Let's do that. Uh, and that album, Slate, that was one of my favorite albums of this that year. Yeah. Remains one of my favorite albums. Thank you, man. Everybody I know who's heard it. <laughs> Are you in right now? Yeah, oh. we, can, we can be in. Okay, I love it. I, I, I love I, it. I okay, okay. Um, okay. But uh, everybody I know, uh, I I can introduce them to you through that, and they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, we talk about DIY a lot. We talk about uh, just making good music, and like this yeah. guy made this mostly in his basement, man. So yeah, I mean, all of it in the basement, right? You right. Know what I'm saying, uh, and um, so I like what, that though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I yeah. actually don't like studios. Yeah, I don't. I get it. I get the... Uh, and you've been in studios. Yeah, yeah. I've recorded in studios. I've worked with artists and recorded in studios. I've recorded some of my own music in studios, but I think that I can't get into me the way that I want to. There's something about just being in in my space. Yeah. That there there's honesty and truth there, you know? Yeah. I also think I know a little something about that too, which we'll get into. Okay, I'm with stuff that. stuff we didn't get into, but stuff now I know you a little better. I think, yeah, yeah. I think we can, because yeah. I think this this whole thing is has been a process. Yeah, and watching you like not just grow as a man, but grow into the man that like you pictured this guy, and now you became him. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm really proud of you for that. Thank you. But along the way, you gave us this like these incredible gifts of like this music, like this is my journey, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And if people don't know that about you. Uh, they sure as hell are going to pick it up. Wow. After monologue, though, this was what we're going to be talking a lot about tonight is epilogue. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the next thing. 
Yeah, epilogue was supposed to be next. I was talking with you about it. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm, I'm down with this. It's a story about love. It's a story about this is... And then something happened. And yeah. something was Trump. We've covered it in two interviews, so we don't yeah. need to get too much into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Dialogue is, uh, to everybody I have talked to about, one of the greatest uh, albums, uh, maybe of all time. Wow. I, I'm not, I mean, people, people understand your lineage. Yeah. The yeah. Abernathy name. Yeah. They understand where you're coming from, where it came from. They understand uh, why it was necessary for you to do it, but also why the album was necessary. You talked about our friend Wes Covey. Yeah. About that, and you know, yeah. it's just like you. People, Wes is your friend, yeah, and he's been on the. He was Man. Casey Ray's friend, but now he's my friend wow. because of you. Because that's he, crazy. Yeah, he reached out to. So me. that's what was, I'm saying. Is like we've wow. we've built this whole family that you're a part of. Yeah, and it just this is the way things are supposed to that work. That was a big moment when he reached out to me, and and you know, I'm I'm still sad that I wasn't. I was on tour. Yeah, we were. I was supposed to. Um, I was supposed to do a Skype with his class. Right. Right. You know, it's a really break the album down, we were supposed to have a whole discussion on dialogue, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Like, I know Wes is, he's, I don't know what state he's in. He's up like New Hampshire, Vermont area, yeah, he's, somewhere he's up in there. Vermont, yeah. Vermont, okay. And I was just like, what's a white guy from Vermont want to do with dialogue? You right, know? Right. And it was just cool that he reached out and was like, nah, I Which is funny because I don't, I don't think, I think you knew that like, like I would, because you knew me, you knew that I'd respond. I think you yeah. didn't expect other people, no. specifically white people, to yeah. respond like that. I thought that they were afraid of it. I, I yeah. thought that many, uh, many didn't want to review it. Um, but I knew it was just something that I had to do. You know, I knew it was yeah. the album that I had to make. I knew that it was God telling me. I need you to to deliver this one. Yeah. And, and it came quickly. I mean, I did it in six weeks. Yeah. And everybody know. who has heard it is touched by it and moved by it. And I gave it to my neighbors two doors down. And I said, I said, yeah, uh, my friend Aaron Abernathy. And they were like, Abernathy? I'm like, yeah. Word. Okay. You know? I like that. And, and, like and, that. and, and you know, they knew. And then they two days later, they're like, man, this this is amazing. And these people are in their, like, 50s. That's, late 50s. That's and, beautiful to hear. Um and this came from a place from that, like I wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, maybe some like Chris and people who've known you a lot longer were expecting. But like I, started, I was just like, holy shit! And I was like, well, yeah. this is who Ab is, and Let this is what we're this. doing. Let me say this real quickly about the Christian people. You know, it's um, it's interesting because some of the things I talk about on the album, they're um. It's not that they're not Christ-like. Yeah. It's just that people are human. Yeah. And, you know, the human experience is something interesting. And, you know, like when you have songs like Generation, where you talk about, like, you know, gay rights and things like that, you know, uh, I think a lot of people, um, it makes Christians nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And so, like, it's interesting to hear you say, like, you know, people who know me as you know, a Christian, like I believe in Jesus Christ, definitely. Um, and there's no but to that, you know. I think that there is just a, a stigma around Christians. Yeah. That uh is interesting to me because everybody that says they're a Christian isn't a Christian. I just had a, a conversation with my cousin, he's about my age. We are the uh, creative people in the family. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen him for a decade. Right. Um he's uh I actually would love to get with him. He's he studied a uh, uh, old school uh, black 
uh, like banjo gospel down in North Carolina for years, like mm-hmm. decades. And um, but we both grew up in Lynchburg, and like exactly sort of that sentiment. Yeah, you know, uh, like you know, I am not of any faith. I'm just sort of out here. Yeah, I don't think he is anymore either. But we were, we were talking about that in terms of like, you know, there's the people who who really uh, are Christian or Muslim or whatever, and mm-hmm. and what that word really means, I think, is kind. Mm. And then there are people who say they are, but aren't. Yeah, I mean, the Pharisees said that they were Christians. Yeah, per se, they right, right. Just believed in Moses' law. A lot of people just believe in God. Yeah. Okay. So, I think that um, I always I, I try to keep diving into my faith, and you know, I realize that I'm a spirit having a human experience. And there's a lot that comes with that, uh-huh. that human experience, you know. Um, but yeah, I, it's interesting because I, I didn't really realize how much I talked about spirituality in my albums. And one of my friends pointed out, like, you don't have one album where you don't talk about Jesus or God. Yeah. Or, and I was like, I guess it's just a part of me. I'm not it, ashamed it of it. it and it's very know? much like people like Phil. Yeah. Like his friend Mike Clark, his golden messenger, same thing. Yeah. It's like the, and it becomes a natural extension. And I think that's that's the way to do it. I got you. I think I think that's that's where like a lot of uh, for lack of a better description, like American Christianity is like lacking yeah, right now. I'm is that is that and I, again I, I use the word kindness. It is kindness towards not just other people, but yourself. Yeah. Which was reflected in these albums to my, bring it back around this. My thing is like my walk with Christ, with God, it's my walk. Everybody has a different walk. Exactly. You know? And so like I, it's my walk. That's all I'm yep. saying. And, you know, I remember when I was doing the album, my mom was kind of like, well, well, you know, she was like, man, this is so not abrasive because like she, she feels what I feel, you know, sure, I learned sure, it sure. from her and, um, you know, and my dad and. She, I think she just had a fear, like, will it scare people? You know. Yeah. Well, and and I got I got where she was coming from, but it was my story. It was my truth. Yep. And I was just telling her, like, no one can tell me that my truth is a lie, right? Because it's what I'm living, right? And I think that that's where art, at its purest form, thrives. I think you're right. You know, and so it's something that I. When I was signed to a label, they didn't want me to do it. That's why I always, um, I think I talked about this in um, in our last one when we talked about dialogue. Mm-hmm. I always empathize with artists who are just trying to feed their family because what what happens is, yeah, 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 they're talking they, about future. <laughs> yeah, they put you in a bind uh-huh. where it's like either you're gonna sing this type of music or you're not gonna have a deal. Yeah, I opted to not have a deal. Yeah. And that's cool with me because now I get to do the music that is inside of me instead of something fabricated. Yeah, and, and and you're doing this amazing thing of marrying that perfectly, uh, marrying the human experience with your experience as faith, which is like which is sort of the same thing. Yeah, but you, uh, you know, on dialogue that was explicit about uh, politics and how faith like affected politics and yeah. how to be better people in general. Yeah. Epilogue, I think, uh, is is first of all, it's the end of this journey, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's after an epilogue. Is there anything? Not for me. No, not for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the end. And um, but it 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 marries that faith. It's almost like you are you uh, you follow the path 
to this one right place. Mm-hmm. Your life's not over. No. There's going to be lots of right places. I would say it's the end of this chapter. The end of this chapter is yeah. good. Uh, for people who haven't heard it, it's an album, essentially how you uh, lost love, mm-hmm. how that affected you, yeah. how that affected the person, the other person involved, and yeah. how you guys figured out uh, how important love was. Okay, so let me clear this up, because I think there's a, there is a, uh, there's a missing piece, and I kind of... Yeah. I don't wish that I could do, I could have done it better, but I think, because this is the second interview I've done on this. Yeah. So tell me, what do you think? Do you think that, um, what do you think about the act? So it's act one, which is his. Yes. Act two, which is hers. Yes. And act three, which is ours. Yeah. So do you think that in the his act, I'm talking about her? I think throughout the entire thing, you're talking about both of you. Okay. I, I, I think the, the effects, you know, especially you take a song like uh, Time Bomb, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a, you know, that's the effects of a, of, of a breakup where you, like your yeah. mind is and your heart is scrambled. Um, but, but I do know like on the song Noel, like you're, you're actually talking about you in reaction to Noel yeah. and what you're imagining Noel like thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a little of both. And I think that's the point of, of getting it to ours is that like. Life with another person is about all those different feelings and all those different things and how we reckon with fitting all those things together. Yeah, yeah. It's um. So I'm. I'm let's talk about the album a little. Okay. Bit. Let's okay. let's dive. Let's in. do this. So his is an act about how I am dealing with a heartbreak. Mm-hmm. I'm coming out of a heartbreak. Hers is an act about a character named Noel. Dealing with a heartbreak. Yeah. That has nothing to do with me. That's her her story. My story is a heartbreak with... I'm going to get a little deep. Yeah. I have an album that came out called Saturn Return. Uh-huh. It's That's with um, a producer named 14KT. It came out... Well, it'll be six years in November this year. The interesting thing about the order of albums... Is it's monologue? It was supposed to be monologue. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to do a five-year anniversary of Saturn Return. That was what's, what was supposed to come out in November. Right. And Epilogue was supposed to come out this year. So it's supposed to go monologue, dialogue, five-year of Saturn Return, yeah, yeah. and then Epilogue. And the reason the five-year of Saturn Return was supposed to sit there is because Saturn Return is the album that comes before Epilogue. Gotcha. And on Saturn Return, there's a character named Layla. Is it Layla? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. If I'm wrong, All right. I'm I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I got, I'm thinking of epilogue right now. Yeah, but yeah. I, I believe it was Layla. So Layla is a real character. Right. She's a real woman in my life who I changed the name to. Noelle was also a real woman in my life who I just changed the name. Like yeah. These are real people that I've dealt with. Just changed their names. They know who they are. Yeah. Um, I say all that to say that his chapter is still talking about Layla. Okay. Okay. It's my breakup with this woman and everything that happened, you know? Gotcha. Okay. Noelle's chapter is what happened to her before me. Okay. Okay. So 
it it's a little I, I changed a few things. I see okay, I see, you, I see. You, you get what I, are you picking up what yeah, I'm putting yeah, down? Yeah, yeah. So because because when uh I was thinking about it, I was thinking about it as a whole entire narrative mm-hmm. of these two people reconnecting and in fact it's like you guys sort of connecting in a romantic way for the first time. Exactly. Okay. We are reconnecting, but we re- we start reconnecting as friends. Yeah. Yes, we did go to school together. Yes. Um we was homies. Like yeah, that yeah. was my girl. She was cool, but we were just cool. There was no romance there. Right, right. You know, and when we met, we talked about the trauma of our past romances. Okay. And spending that time led to us finding a romance of our own. Okay. And that's where all ours right, comes all right, from. All right, now I see you this. You get what I'm saying? I like both narratives, but this, one, this one is good. This, so, one, this, is, this one is good. And this one is important about what you've been singing about, too. Um, a lot of your career is how to be a better man. Yes. And what it takes. And I think this is something that, that we don't often talk about as men. Yeah. Uh, um, in without... Well, people talk about it, but they end up being like just whiny assholes about <laughs> about the pain. Like a man can feel the same pain as a woman. That you, Definitely. You, you can be a man and you can be a woman, but you are also both human. And they, Thank and they, you. And they're, they're, not, they're not completely different. There are differences, obviously. Yeah. But they're not completely different. And so this, this pain that you feel when you have a breakup and the things that you do to yourself, the things that you will do, like the, yeah. the people you will date, the people like... Mm-hmm. Everything like can change, and some people never like learn from that. Right, and it's a, and it's it's a weird uh, cycle of on the men's side. I think it's often what people refer to as like toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. where it's not any woman's fault, mm. but maybe the one if you know the person you broke up with. Like my ex-wife scarred me. Yeah, I'm not mad at her anymore. Yeah, I don't like her. <laughs> I hear you. But 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 you know, I I also don't go around and like say blaming like Daria or, yeah. or people or anybody in between now and then like that that uh, for what this one person did exactly. And I think we do that. Uh, men as a whole do that a lot. I think humans do that. I think humans do that too. And I think that there is a um, there's a lack of accountability on human beings. Yes. Yeah, you know, I try to stay away from men are this way and women are that way because it all depends on the situation, mm-hmm. and it all depends on who gets to speak. Yeah. Okay. So I believe that there was a time where men were the only ones who were allowed to speak. Absolutely. Which was crazy that we couldn't hear any women voices speaking on what happened to them or what they we didn't hear the stories. You right, get what right, I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so now I believe what's happening is we're hearing all of the women's stories, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's needed. It's know? needed. And, it's, and you're not just talking about me too stuff. You're talking yeah, about no. you're talking about just general just like emotional general. responses. To yeah, stuff. just and, and, and stories that aren't looked at as. Oh, uh, she said that we don't believe her. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. no, like she's speaking. Let her speak. Right. You know, why do we not believe what she says? Why if, if, if it's, well, you know, this happened to me and it's just like, well, you deserve for it to happen to you. Like, why does it have to be that? Like, yeah. why can't it just be, that's where the toxic comes from. And, yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know I what agree, I'm saying? I agree. Um, 
But I also think that um, that as far as men are concerned, we were never taught to emote. Yep, I, I would. And so agree there with that. is to me where my heart lies is um, or where my heart is like it thrives for like I want to push is men emoting more, mm-hmm. finding comfort to say, hey, you hurt me, even if she responds like, what do you mean I hurt you? Yeah. Like you also have to empathize with the fact that she might have never dealt with a man who's expressed his feelings. Yeah. Which makes her not experienced in dealing with men who express their feelings. Right, right, right. So right, I think right. that's that's what I experienced the most in dating. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I mean, you couldn't do it more by evoking like people like Marvin Gaye, Teddy Bentegrass or stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's the easy way to do it. Yeah. And this is what's fascinating about your music and you as a human being to me and Epilogue is that this is all tied up in this thing. And ultimately, like what you're talking about right now is actually your mission, but it's right right now it's your mission. Yeah. And it's right there in the music. That's, there, there yeah. is. If you take the legacy of these people, who were all tortured, some like, uh, in, I think it's no exaggeration to say Marvin Gaye was a pretty toxic male, yeah. as was like people like Miles Davis. Definitely. I, I kind of want to think Teddy Pendergrass was like, uh, sort of like willful ignorance of his toxicity because he was yeah. just having fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah. at the same he time, didn't know he, who to trust. Right, right. You know, he was, he was. He was just like I'm just Teddy Pendergrass, motherfucker. Yeah, like he didn't know who to trust. Like, but it's funny that that new doc they have out on him that came out like kind of last year. Yeah. It hasn't aired on Showtime yet. But one of the women on there was like he he was like he was doing so many great things. He was just around the wrong people and he didn't yeah. know who to trust. Yeah, you know. And I think that has a lot to do with our emotions and the way that we Absolutely. react to certain things and wanting to fit in and you know. I need to do this to be cool. That's what men are taught, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think women are taught the same thing, yeah. you know? But I, I just believe that the one thing we aren't taught is how to emote. We're not taught how to emote, and we're not taught how to simply, like, be by yourself. Yeah, I hear um, that. So, like, so, for example, you got to, you made these albums mm-hmm. to figure out all your, all this stuff by yourself. Yeah. I lived in a little like shack by train track for four years in Richmond, Virginia, alone. Gotcha. Purposefully alone. That's dope. Until, well, I mean, it was, it no, was interesting. I, I, I like to get away. I, so I, 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 I kayaked. Mm-hmm. I smoked a joint once in a while. Yeah. But I knew, like, I was like, I'm angry. Gotcha. And that's not an emotion that anybody needs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, until now, coming up on 12 years, we're moving to another state together. Yeah. Uh, I met my uh, domestic partner, wife, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and said, "This this person, uh, I understand this, and not even like the whole romantic cliche of like making me a better person." I think. Yeah, we're or we've arrived at a good enough state that we can work this out. I like that. Yeah, and we have, and I, and I think that I think that type of stuff isn't taught, certainly isn't taught to men. No, <laughs> ever. Like, unless you have like, unless you have an example that you get to watch. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like I'm blessed to have my father. I get to watch him. I sure. got to watch him. You know, do certain things coming up. But I, I always, it's not something that I put on a pedestal. Yeah, because my mom and dad's marriage worked in their time. This is a different time. It's a very different time. You know? And so, like, even though I can look and I can take aspects of their marriage and be like, you know, I like that. 
I also have to transfer it to this time and then I have to transfer it to the type of life that I'm living and, you know, just hope that God blesses me with a partner that we can really do life together, yeah. not just be with each other, yeah. but like to do life together successfully to push each other's purposes forward, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There was an article that came out a little while ago that um, suggested that all human consciousness was just vibration. Hmm. It was, it was in respects to music. Okay. And what you're talking about is um, what your music can facilitate in some cases, you know, okay. um, is getting together. But it's also like that idea of, of, of finding that vibration. Like you said, it has to work in concert. It has to work on the same level. Yeah. Um, not all the time. No. You, it's impossible for it to work all the time. You know, we've had good years and bad years. 12 years, man. I mean, it's fucking... Um, and even if you're like in a two year relationship, you have good months and bad months, and yep. stuff. but you somehow through like empathy, through faith in the other person or faith in something, something, you figure out the importance of it, which I think right now, whether you're talking about a romantic partnership or just like friendship, I think this is something we're actually seriously lacking in society. And I think it's something that we need or else we might not make it. I'm glad you said like whether it be a romantic relationship or friendship because um, I think a lot of the times people miss the friendship part. Yeah. You actually get to practice love with your friends, yep. you know, and a lot of people, they'll say, well, I didn't want to say that. Like I have um, I have women friends mm-hmm. that I don't date. Like they're just strictly yeah. platonic friends. And I think that that is the best thing that can happen for you. Yeah. Having a friend of the opposite sex because they allow you to see a different perspective, you know? Um, And I have a friend who, and she's strictly my friend. She checked me. She was like, why don't you open the car door for me? You know? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, well, I don't normally open car doors, you know? And she was like, at first, I didn't want to say anything about it because, like, I'm not, you know, we're not in a relationship or anything. And I told her, I was like, we don't have to be in a relationship for you to want me to open your car door. Right. If that's your standard, that's your standard. Yeah. Don't be afraid of pushing your standard. Right. If you want your car door open, just say, hey, Aaron, when we out, would you mind opening my car door for me? Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're actually preparing me for my wife. You're showing me some things that, like... I think I'm a pretty decent guy, but I can be better at things. Yeah. We learn our like whole lives. Opening a car door. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, this, and she was like, the only reason I asked is because I saw my dad do that for my mom, Yeah, you know? And it wasn't that she was like making a play towards me, but I think it helped her with her own confidence and it helped. She had to be vulnerable to say that to me. Like, well, what if I say this to him and he don't want to be my friend no more, even though we've been friends for years, Right, right. you know? Well, it's also a standard for like good people and having good people around you because there's no point in time when you have all good people around you. Yeah, that's the ideal, right? But it, it, it's it's not achievable, right? Um, and um, you know, so you have to you have to patch those holes. Yeah, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job here of like insulating yeah. it, but yeah. but look, there's you know, there's holes and stuff, and you have to you have to make do with them, and and it's upsetting when it happens. It's just yeah. like. 
but but yeah, you have to like, and sometimes it can be something as small as like having somebody, your friend, open a car door. Yeah, like respect me in this way, not not in a not in a like demanding way, just like I I like to be respected this way. Can you accommodate that? And absolutely, and I think your friends they teach you what love looks like. Yeah, you get what I'm saying by that. I do. It's it's one of those things where like having friends that are my women, having women that are my friends. That's got that backwards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it it has helped me see certain things. It's helped me see the mistakes that men have made when they tell me about them. Like yep. this has happened, and what do you think about that? It helped me see a different perspective when I say, "Hey, I'm dating someone, and this happened. What do you think about that?" And they're like, "You're not thinking about it this way, and you should be." Yeah, you know. Uh, but overall, it helps both of us build our love languages and how to love someone. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? No, absolutely. Let's practice on me. So, like, if you're feeling vulnerable about a door or if you feel like I didn't show up for you when you needed me to show up for you, we're platonic. Like, I don't have any reason yeah, yeah. to take it personally. So, you're telling me about it and then you 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 pad that with or you add on to it by saying, you got to do better. Yeah. Because one day someone's really going to need you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's it. I like, mean, it, it is those little, pardon the pun, doors opening. Mm-hmm. Like, that 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 really, like, you, um, you, you can't be cognizant of, like, all your failings. Yeah. Or not even failings, just, like, points you can do better at. Yep. Like, you can always be thinking about, like, how can I do better? But you'll never, you'll never get them all. Yeah. And when you have people to point that out. Uh, and and then you process it. You get to think about it. Like, oh, does this make me better? And if it doesn't, right. then you just don't do it. Like, yeah. nah, I'm just not a door opening motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, and right. that, look, that's fine but, too. But I think going back to the door opening thing, I had to ask myself, why wasn't I? Right. Like, but that's so, what I'm saying. You ask yourself, yeah, like, yeah, you just like. So for me, it was like, no, I don't owe you to open your door. But if I love you and I call you a friend, and that's what you yeah. want, and that's how you feel loved. What's stopping me from opening a door? And that, yeah, and that prepares you, like you said, you know, for your wife or whatever, you know, you're gonna, like, your your partner. Um, and because I'm not an advocate of or or someone who's like everybody has to have someone. Yeah, I, I think that puts undue pressure on people. I think some people are actually happy alone. Yeah. Um, but I am a firm believer that if you get two people that share a love. That creates something that creates a whole other vibration Definitely. that can feed other people. Yes. Whether they know it or not. Yeah. And and that's a, a super powerful force because then all of a sudden you have two and then all of a sudden you have four and all right. of a sudden you have like a whole neighborhood. You have, and, and, you know, then somebody from the outside, say wearing a red MAGA hat, looks and says, Oh, what's that about? They look a lot happier than me. Yep. And they start looking at it a little differently and then find out why they're happier. And, uh, and again, like for you, that's faith. For me, yeah. it's kindness. Like it's, it's, you know, giving some people a reason to wonder if they can be better. Yeah. See, to me, like faith, like they say, faith without works is dead. So like yeah. faith without the action behind yep. it is, is the thing that has always troubled me about people who say they're, they're, Deal with faith. Yeah. You know, where's your action though? Yeah. You know, I believe that I'm going to be a successful musician. So I'm working. 
and right, I'm putting right, out right. music. Oh yeah, you are. And we're, you know, we're I'm gonna talk about this in know, a second. So there, I think that the same thing applies with love, where it's, you know, I it's full relationship. Yeah. So I'm gonna put action behind those words, and a lot of love has to deal with correction, someone correcting and refining the way that you think about love, the way that you thought about love before you met me. Yeah, yeah. Because if you met me and you want to do life with me, it's like a new body, two people jumping into a new body that we're going to call love, Yeah. where the left hand needs to know what the right hand is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of the times we have these relationships where the right hand is trying to hide and the left hand is trying to hide what they're doing. Imagine a body that didn't know what, right? What the other side again? Was the doing. vibration. It's it, got to sink, man. Yeah. So you know, there is. Um, there's a lot of people. I say this often. There's a lot of people who say that they. I want true love. You know, I want to be married. But there's not a lot of people who want to do life with someone. Yeah. Because that's a different game. It is a different game. You know, it's a very different game. But then, when you uh, get in that situation. Mm-hmm. It becomes a whole other. Yeah, my cousin told me something. I've, I've been going back and forth to Cleveland, um, and he told me something that I was like, "Yeah, that, that's it right there." He was like, "People think that getting to marriage is like the end of the race. Like, I want to get right. out the game. Like, and now I'm married and I'm good." He was like, "Marriage is the beginning of the marathon." Yep. You know, he's like, "You're just training." For a marathon. Yeah. No, that's... He was like, it's the starting line. He was like, and if more people thought well, about it that way... There's a lot of things we're taught... There's a lot of things we're taught when we're young. That's one of them. How to hate people. That's mm-hmm. another one. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things like that that, that we... Um, which is kind of a weird thing because when you are faced with the end of your life... Yeah. Um, which we haven't talked about, but let's let's oh, let's, let's let's get I know into about this. That. Um, because you know I've had a tumor the size of an egg in my heart. Sheesh! You had deep vein thrombosis. I did. Um, and it it changed it changes you. And you you go from all of a sudden seeing the world that you thought how it was to just it's not even like a curtain pulled back. It's like it changed. It's like the scene in Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it changes from black and white to color, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? What is mm-hmm. all? What is happening right now? Mm-hmm. That's for me. That's the reason this podcast, this whole site, this whole thing exists. The reason that I'm able to talk to you. Got you. Because I was not that person. Yeah, before I, I know what you mean, and I, yeah. I definitely, I, I think that it is. I used to think that what happened to me in 2011. As I've dated over the past seven, eight years, I used to think that what happened to me, not that it's a curse, but it it kind of, the way that I think of life, like I'm by myself thinking like that. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so it puts me like on the outskirts. I'm not, the the things that bother people don't bother me that way. Right. You feel what I'm saying? The, the, you should commit to me right now. I don't have fear of that. Like, right. I'm. I'm ready to do life with someone. I'm right, not ready right, to be right, someone's right. boyfriend. Right. You know what I'm saying? For a few years. And then the pressure comes of, okay, well now that you're my boyfriend, when, it, when is the ring coming? Like, like you talk about vibration. Yeah. You know, I want to meet someone where, you know, our vibration is so great that no matter what you say to me, I'm willing to correct it. Yeah. Even if it hurts my feelings. Yep. 
I'm not going to hold a grudge because I understand that we're trying to get in order for this vibration, which is, which is right. Yeah. Which is a truth. You know, we we both have to show up every day. You both have to show up, you know, and you have to show up before. Yeah. You even get to the real commitment. Yeah. A lot of like, and and I don't know that you get that necessarily. I know I certainly didn't Mm -hmm. um, as a younger man. You get that. Like, I hate to say that you have to have a near-death experience, but it helps. Oh, man. It helps. It helps. <laughs> it's like, because, it because all of a sudden, like, there's there's certain things that you, uh, you can do an inventory of, like, shit, I don't open doors. Shit, I don't do, like, what is all this? Like, it becomes more important, like, empathy, I guess. That, I think that's the biggest thing that, that I learned, empathy. Um... Because when you're broke down, when you're taking yeah. offline, like it's not, it's yeah. not normal. And and it's crazy because I've always I always wanted to be married. You know, I was always kind. I I struggled with self worth issues coming up. Yeah, you know, and like I went to Howard, and I feel like that's where I learned like that black is really beautiful. And but but the things that happen be- between the ages of when you're born and 18 like that stuff is ingrained in you yeah so to go from 18 to 22 and being at Howard like I, I suffered throughout my 20s of understanding my own self-worth and then to get hit with uh the the DVT or deep vein thrombosis before I turned 30 it was just like a dark hole right, right. you know what I mean but to come out of that into my 30s I feel like I I understand that everybody has to battle something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I also understand that you don't have to settle. You know what I mean? Like, especially in the love department. Like, if you want something long lasting, you have to be with someone who understands that you got to really work for it and you have to work on yourself and someone should be able to call you on your stuff. And I I think that's too, because like life is, is uh, fleeting and chaotic and it could be over right now, but it's also very important. Yeah. That's the thing. Like the option now is for anybody is like, oh no, I want to be alive or do I not? Mm. I think you want to be alive, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it I be, do. because yeah, because of those experiences. I think it's uh, it's interesting, you know, something that you have and a lot of what you're saying is the near death experience makes you appreciate life. Absolutely, and I feel like both me and you really decided to live yeah after the near death experience. that's 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 1000% right yeah in fact i came out of that hospital down the road right there mm. and uh after 7 days in um cuz you can't walk really after heart surgery yeah. loaded into Daria's car and i just broke down in ter- tears and i was like and i was doing okay but i was I like i got to stop fucking up man i understand i got to do fucking something with my life and fucking you know and whether that was doing this yeah. Or just being a better like partner for Daria. Yeah, that's dope. You know, it it, it it you Yeah, you just sort of grasp onto it. I think one thing interesting, you being black, mm-hmm. there's no white analog to Howard. Mm. And, and 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 I've had you through here, like Brianna Younger, like people who went to Howard and stuff, and all and you can just like honestly open up a newspaper, like Tiny C Coates and like you all talk about the same experience, and I think it, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a unique thing that exists that may be saving lives in ways that they don't understand. It yeah, is. It because is. because 
you know, you you had that on the way to this near death experience, right? Right. There's no, you know, maybe uh, you, uh, the white equivalent would be like a football coach. You know, some you have a mm-hmm. person, but not an institution. I hear you. I hear you. Know, you know, which is, and you could argue that like, well, that's you know, white people are just reinforced all over the, you know, mm-hmm. by the world. But but I think, uh, and and that's true. But I think having that institution, like. It's life changing. People like you, yeah. I see these like wh- that you're black is important, mm-hmm. but that you're strong is unique. Hmm. It's um, you know, being black. Black life is precious. It's um, yeah. you know, it's um, it's a consistent, a constant battle. Um. But it's beautiful, right? You know what I mean. I, I, I don't want to get too deep into it, but um, I think that it's just a beautiful thing. Like how my mom talks about, like when we was growing up, we didn't even know we were poor, right? It's it was rich. just, yeah. She was like, it was just love all around us, love in the yeah. neighborhood, um, you know, love for family. You know, we just. And and I don't want to I don't want to come off as like some people would be like oh well you're just saying like you're white and privileged and and all this stuff but yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it is rich and it's something that's lacking from like white society because mm. that richness was lost. I hear you. Partially due to like our cruelty over history. Yeah. I mean we deserved yeah. it. <laughs> it's yeah. not. Um, it's, but but yeah it's 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 rich in a way that I think uh, is more American than America. Is right we now. We are America. You are America. Yeah. You know, like black people, we're we're America. You know what I'm saying? Like African Americans, the country was built off the back of slaves. Right, That's right. how it came a superpower country. Yeah. You know. That's exactly how. You know. <laughs> but it's um, I just love that we love each other. You know. Yeah. And I think that there's too many messages acting like we don't love each other. That's a lie. Yeah. Black people love each other. Black and, and no, it's not one of those things that black people aren't getting married and black men aren't showing up for black women and black women aren't showing up for black men. There are a plethora of Instagram and social media accounts mm-hmm. dedicated to black love to debunk this theory that we don't love each other. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's it's fucking nuts. And but I mean that's also part of the the, the uh, impact of the information age. Is that, yeah. Is you, it makes room for all the bullshit. Yeah, you got to get to the truth. You got to find out what they're putting in front of you. Yeah. What are they programming with, programming you with? That's why I love like the song Revisions where like, I need to reprogram. Yeah. You know, because it's, there is, you're getting so many messages daily coming to your brain, coming through your eyes, coming through mm-hmm. your ears, and you're spewing stuff out to people. And it's just like, what are we really talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what type of messages? That's why I feel like my music is so important. Cause I want to know what type of messages am I peddling to people? You know, that's I, on me. I can tell you some, <laughs> I can tell you some <laughs> messages, uh, because, uh, you know, for the listener, we, we, we actually have been talking about your album. It might not seem yeah, like it, but I yeah. think, I think, and your career to this date. Uh, yeah. but, um, y- you know, you have different modes on the first two albums. On this one, I don't know if you reanimated 
these people or mm-hmm. hired them, but this is all about Prince of the New Power Generation. This is all oh, about man. Terrence Trent Darby. Come this on. is all about Stevie Wonder. Now, in message and then almost explicitly near the end. Okay. It's about Stevie Wonder. This is all about the sensuality of Marvin Gaye. Yeah. This is all about your, not just like your musical heroes, but your history. When yeah. when you sat in your basement and your your these songs are coming out, like I'm thinking of, we'll jump up to uh, something like Wounded Hearts Club, yeah. which is, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a direct result of you touring Europe. Like this is a this is a club I've yeah. never heard this club sound in your music and I was like yeah, oh my yeah, god yeah. this is a this is a discotheque yeah Wounded Hearts is uh so when I was when I was making Wounded Hearts I was actually listening to a lot of Thriller, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of um I was listening to I was listening to Purple Rain, um, um, Computer Blue, and yeah, Thriller like literally Thriller the title track, um, and then my drummer Kevin Lamar he's a beast he mixed and mm-hmm. mastered the album as well. He added like this African feel to like the beginning of right. it that made it like what is happening right it's now. It's just loping like know? this weird like keyboard loop or something, yeah. and then and then yeah, that, and then yeah, the that, drums come mean, in. But like the way he, but, but yeah. it, like about two oh one, literally like Prince just drops in like yo, yes. can I lay this down? Can I, can I get this? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it's that. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and every and that's one of those things that everybody we play for this is like oh, so Ab loves uh, Parade. I'm like. That's okay. Yes, yes. definitely. <laughs> I love Parade. Parade is one of the best Prince albums. Yeah, fight me. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I don't think anybody would have to. I think that's one thing we never get to do down here. We'll have to figure it out in Milwaukee, <laughs> but to talk about Parade. But but this is this is a, a precision that I have not seen in your music, mm. where it you know you were before. It seemed like you were somewhat trying to uh, not emulate. But say, hey, I'm about all these things, and yeah. I can do all these things. Yeah. This is like you pulling this in and being clearly, obviously, these are emulating these, but this yeah. is me. Yeah, it's me. I think that epilogue is... Monologue is like my introduction. Yeah. I think Monologue was an album where I was like, oh, I know how to make music now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It took me 10 years, but I finally... You know how to make your music. Yeah. Like, I... I I know how to make a record. Uh-huh. You get what I'm saying? Like, I know how to put a body of work together. Like, I think Saturn Return, when me and 14KT, when we did that, it was like we were both going through something. We were making something together. Yeah. But Monologue was like, this is Aaron Abernathy. This is who I am. 
this is my introduction to you and where I come from. I come from Regina and Larry Abernathy. Mm-hmm. You know, my whole family was on monologue. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my brother was on there. My sister was on there. The piano I grew up playing. That's in why Cleveland, I asked Ohio you if you wanted my piano. Yeah, because which, I, I which and, and, and it's fine. I'm taking it with me. Yeah, he, but be, he, because that's a beautiful piano. You should definitely take that with you because it is about family. Yeah, and like you're part of our family, and I was like, this has got to go somewhere good. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's um. So like to me, monologue is a tale of Cleveland. You know, I'm from yep. Cleveland, Ohio. You know, and so it's a tale about my purpose and my mom recognizing my purpose and saying. This boy's a piano player. He's he's a musician. We don't have any musicians in our family. I don't know where it came from, yeah. but I know he's good at it. So I'm going to keep pushing him in that direction. It's about my dad talking about how to love a woman versus what my peers are telling me at a young age, right, you know? Right, right. And so these are these are this is my introduction not right. only to the world, but like I'm giving you my introduction of life, you know? Yeah. My high school years, which are pivotal years. Um dialogue is more introspective. It's about being a black man in America, being black in America, the uh, the journey we have to take. Yeah. You know, it was to pin a love letter to my people. It's a it's 39 minutes of seamless music. Yeah. And if you put it on repeat, it'll start over. It's also a toolbox. Okay. For people who aren't you. See, I never thought about it that way. Because you can listen to that. The people like Philip Bassman. Mm-hmm. Our friend, you know, he heard that and he, he heard it not quite the way I heard it, okay, but heard it and realized it's immediately like honed in on like this is important. And you know, back to what we were talking about, of like open a car door to make you better at this, yeah, this makes people a better human, yeah, yeah, like not open a car door, just like maybe don't like look at somebody for that much those extra few seconds, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting. I, I just wanted to. To touch on black life, being a man, like, am I good enough to love? Mm-hmm. The way the media attacks black men, it's crazy to me. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I know I'm a good man, but I don't like hearing comments about black people are this way or black men are this way or that way. And it doesn't mean that some black men are this way, but yeah. to group all of us into you're like this and you're like that. It's well, like we're seeing know. the dichotomy of that play out like literally right now in real time. Yeah. Phillips, like Native American who was there and, and the Catholic school kids mm-hmm. um, and how if the Catholic school kids were black, they would be talked about exactly how you're talking about mm. what you're talking about. But mm-hmm. instead they're talked about as like, well, maybe they weren't like in the yeah. wrong. And there, it, there's, and there's passes it, given out to everybody except yeah. for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The the just black people in general. You yeah. know, I'm not even gonna say the black man. So there's there's just um I think dialogue, God put that on my heart to just tell the story, you know? And not to dive too deep into it, but like the fact that it starts with daily prayer mm-hmm. and, you know, ends on a triumphant song like Villain and Me. Just to wrap back around, like if you play it on repeat, it goes back to daily prayer. It's because it's like a cycle. It's a it's a constant cycle that we're always living. You know, if police pull me over, like I to question, yeah. is this gonna go well for me? Yeah, that's a it's an interesting thing. So that's the more introspective speaking on um, the neighborhood I live in in Ward Seven in D.C. and how 
we don't have amenities. It's crazy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's, it's really, it was, I believe that it's my job to be a messenger for my people, you know? And when you have a voice, you should project it, you know? And so that's what dialogue was. It was introspective, but it was like a love letter to my people, you know, a big love song. Yeah. And then um, epilogue is about me becoming the man that I want to be, yeah. you know? Well, and it's also interesting that you, part of being a good man, woman, or just human, um, is doing those good things. But you mm-hmm. do have to take time for yourself. If you yeah. don't, um, it's like the whole writer like saying, which I've recently found out since we're packing up and moving, um, you know, you, you have to take breaks to fill up. Otherwise you have nothing to say. It's true. Um, and that, that is about taking care of yourself. So I realized that I had done like 400 ep- episodes, like seven years, which is congratulations. And I, thanks. That's incredible. And, and, and then for a week I was freaking out. I'm like not making anything. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm not making anything. Mm. And I'm starting, and I'm experiencing things a lot differently. Yeah. Like, and, and starting to pull things in and figure out, okay, what's next? Now I can, like, really, like, dig into, I'm going to dig into our move and stuff. And, like, um, whether you're talking about doing stuff like that or just, like, devoting time to, like, a cause, you have to pull out and be able to fill that back up. Yes. Um, because when the tank's empty, it's empty. Right. Like, it ain't, you, it ain't going to run. You have to, um, experience life to give something back yeah you know and i feel like what um like you touched on earlier i was writing epilogue i was writing epilogue while i was recording monologue yeah i remember my friend um carl langley the second we call him too i remember him coming down for um for our tenure at howard in 2015 and he came down and i was playing him I played him the demo to end of an era. All right. I nice. just had, all I had was the music. Um, yeah, that was, that's crazy. That was 2015 and monologue wasn't even out. Yeah. And I remember playing him that demo, just the music. And he was like, what is this? And I remember when monologue came out, he asked me, where is the song for the demo that you played? Right. Right. You know, because monologue came out. A year later. Did you say, I've got to wait till 90s R&B is really the rage in 2019? No, I just, I didn't know. I I, I do have to ask this, because you're you're, uh, about a decade younger than me, I think. Uh, I lived through, like, solidly through this 90s R&B period, and I understand that would have made it, like, a very influential time, but but in 2019, where is is this type of stuff coming from? Because you have End of an Era, which is, is... that and Lonely Nights are just like straight up like jams. You've got this this mix like you got heavy metal guitar on timing, yeah. which is something that like bands were doing then. Yeah, and it this is it's a very um, in a very good way. This is a very '90s album celebrating this music yeah. that that doesn't you know now it's all like the same production. 
It's all, mm. everybody sounds the same and you have, you know, follow like, you can like have a singer, put a rapper there and singer and, you know, formulaic and stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is very much in the vein of like, well, we might not have put a whole lot of thought into the production. Like you're coming out of the big, like Barry Gordy productions yeah. into like, I like Barry Gordy, but we don't have <laughs> Barry Gordy working on our shit. Right. And, and, and it, it was an aesthetic that I love that I think people didn't, people outside the black community dismissed a little bit. Mm, okay. But this is like, for me, this is like bringing it back. And I think now people are more like, oh shit. Like you sound a little bit like Tony, Tony, Tony. Like, <laughs> Yo, that's cool. I love Tony, Tony, Tony. Exactly. I don't, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what people are going to get out of this album. But where's this coming from, from you? Because this is so, monologue is a straight, um, well-produced like piano piece this is more like you working your skills Mm -hmm. this is you working this like sort of universal brain ab where you're pulling all this shit that it's just it's it's like mind-blowingly satisfying that's cool i like thank you number one welcome um the sound on the album i just um i think it was just about I wanted it to to mirror emotion. Okay. Okay. So if I if I speak about the his chapter, I wanted it to mirror or the his act. I wanted to mirror how men deal with heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And I think we deal with heartbreak in a very chaotic way. Yep. You know. Um. So if you notice in the his act, I'm by myself. It's just me battling my thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Um, the music is really like high energy, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's got a lot of attitude to it. It's got a, a lot of bravado to it. It's just like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm no, we, we, especially you know, in youth, we deal with heartbreak. We go out, like we, we fight, we fuck, we do drink yeah, shots, we, like we, totally non-productive stuff and things that nobody would want to be with you if you're doing it. Exactly. <laughs> it's aggressive. Yeah. You know, but you notice that by the time you get to bitter things in life. Yeah. Once I start really thinking about what's happening, it's just this piano ballad of me really getting to my truth. Yeah. You know? Um, But the hers act, which is act two, is really soft. Yeah. It's gentle, you know? I know Wounded Hearts is in there, but for the most part, it's gentle, you know? And even Wounded Hearts starts with like, a heartbeat, you know what I'm saying? Like she's reaching her What's, truth and having to try to. It's face funny it, because that is know? that is the song right before ours. Yeah, so it is where yeah. this is all well, revisions. Started. Yeah, uh, revisions. Well, revisions is right before ours, but this yeah. is this is the one right before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's working up to ours, exactly. and then revisions is ours. Uh, you know, th- there's a song "Vent of Love" on here. Yeah, that's, um, in, the, that's in his between act. "Time Bomb" and "Bitter Things in Life." That is, I, I think that's where the truth sh- shines about. Um, about breakups and how men handle them, but also like just recognizing like, wow, I don't, I don't know if it was me. It was incredibly shitty, but in, the, in that case, it's the other person who's incredibly yeah. shitty. It's like, you were just incredibly shitty to me. And I, I just need to say that. And it's, just, it's I'm powerful so because you said, that. because I why just need to say it? Because who writes a song like that? Except for you. Like that, that's not the, the instinct I think is to turn that song into something tender instead of just being like, fuck you. I am mad. Yeah, I think that that, but Time Bomb represented the rage. Time Bomb is the rage, but but 
Time Bomb is misdirected rage, I think, but Vent of yeah. Love is directed directly at there you go. the antagonist. Less- and, you know, whether or not you don't know if it's, if who's in the right. Right. But you do know that the per- you, the author or narrator, whoever it is, is deeply hurt. Yeah. And you it, and, me it wrong. and it takes it away from that violence into like, oh, fuck. This person's having real emotions. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something really quickly. Yeah. So again, my cousin, God bless him. We're working on something really special. So I'm like, I've been back and forth to Cleveland, just working with him, and he brought up something that I totally agree with. He said, you know, he he's recently divorced, and he just came home from work one day, and his wife was like, I want a divorce. Didn't see it coming. Blindsided him. Okay. To this day, he still doesn't know the reason. I can can share that experience. Okay. Yeah. So the way we're socialized, Mm -hmm. when he tells somebody like, yeah, my wife left me, their response is always, well, what did you do? And he's like, why does it have to be? What did I do? Why can't it be? What did she do? Why would you assume that it was? That it was on me because most of the stories mm-hmm. we hear are about men not doing what they're supposed to do. And a yeah. woman has to leave because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Yeah. But I blame part of that on men because we don't talk. Because we don't talk. So it goes to me. My mission is how do we get men to be more emotionally intelligent and be okay with emoting and saying, hey, I feel this way. Because the way I say for black men, especially the way we're brought up is to, it's like shove all of your emotions deep down inside of your body so that you can't even get in touch with it. Mm-hmm. But in order to do life with someone, you got to be able to get in touch with that. Yeah. You got to be able to speak about, you know. I wonder though, I, 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 think, I think both men and women do this to some extent. And I think because that type of um, emotional rawness is just it, – it, it can be awkward, mm-hmm. right? It's scary. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable until you realize that it's actually not uncomfortable. And it's a strength. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's the greatest strength that you could ever have in yeah. your life. You know? Yeah. And, and you and, – and, and I wonder – if through music or whatever, like how get people to sort of give into that? Mm. I don't know. I think that um, the reason we connect with, you know, music from the seventies, eighties and nineties, even the sixties is vulnerability. Yeah. There's something that is being said that touches you, that makes you say that's happened to me. I can relate to that. Yeah. You know, He's, Even when it's manipulative. Yeah, he or she is singing my song. Yeah. This is who I am. You know? And yeah. so I mean those were the greats, right? The, yeah. Uh, the, the, I mean that's you know, songs are, are are generally about like love or or rock and roll all night. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's like that's pretty much it's, it's pushing a message. Yeah. You know, it goes back to what I I was saying earlier, like what message are you peddling? So like when to bring a full circle, like when you think of like a song like Vent of Love. Yeah. Is I'm not, I'm not saying all of that to diss the person. I'm no. saying all of it because it happened. Because it happened, yeah. and that's it. And I still love you. Yeah. 
but this happened. And what you, the way that you're telling other people about how it happened, yeah, you're minimizing it. Yep. Or what happens is a lot of the times I always say that um, this is just a man, a man and a woman thing. A lot of men don't have those types of uh, open and emotional relationships with other men. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the way we're brought up is if you're hurt, shake it off. Don't cry. Don't do any of that. This is this is life. That's what we get told. Yeah. But with yeah. women, when they're hurt, they're comforted in their complaint. Yeah. You know, if if I know that you're cheating on your woman, I'm going to tell you, you're an idiot. Yeah. Why would you do that? You're stupid. Yeah. She's holding you down. You know what? As a matter of fact, you deserve to lose her. Yeah. Because you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's how men talk to each other. Yeah. But if a woman goes to a woman and say, I cheated on Brad. And they're going to be like, why would you do that? Brad's such a good guy. Yeah. You know, what happened? Tell me what happened. And they'll tell you what happened. They're like, it's okay, girl. It's all right. We, yeah. We'll figure it out. It's a comfort yeah, to yeah. their complaint or to their mishap. There's mm-hmm. a comfort behind it. And sometimes that comfort can help you minimize what you've actually done. Yeah. Feelings are you hard. Know? They're hard. <laughs> Fucking you like- know? So I think like a song like Vent of Love is not to attack the woman. It's just anger it's, and rage happens. To ignore that it's part of life is yeah. to ignore life. It's just like, hey, this happened. You're minimizing it and you're telling other people a story that didn't really happen to make yourself look good. But I'm a person. Yeah. With feelings. And it would be great if you just acknowledged that. Yeah. Just like I'm acknowledging that I still love you after all of this happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's right. I think... Um, do you think part of being a uh, an artist, a good artist, or an artist like you, is a weird lack of, uh, on some level, of, of uh, sense of self-preservation? Because what mm. you're talking about on this on this is is you know what we were just talking about like you put it out here on this album yeah um, and I don't uh, like like I'm your friend I don't so I take it I'm like fuck yeah bro like, <laughs> I, I but, appreciate but, that but I don't know what other people who aren't your friend like if they pick up on that like I I don't know how to experience it any other way yeah I mean I don't know I think that um... I think I asked you like do you need a hug. Yeah, you did say that. That was funny. Like, you're like, yo, this is great. Do you need a hug? Yeah. I, I'll say that um, everybody needs a hug. Sure. You know? Um, but another thing I'll say is, like, I was making the album over time periods. So, like, end of an era, when I wrote the song, it wasn't the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was like writing the song and having hope that, well, this is how I feel today. Yeah. But hopefully we'll get to a place where I don't feel like this, you know. Um, but to answer your question, I feel that um, I'm not really concerned with self-preservation. Right. You know, I feel that uh, my story is someone else's story. And it's honest. And it's just the truth. Yeah. And I feel that those are the real stories. Yeah. You know, those are the ones that touch people, touch your soul, you know, it, uh, well, universal truths. Yeah. The question is like, then the next question is like, how do you, you got there. 
undeniable you got there on dialogue. You doubled down on this. Mm. How do you, and we, we live in a society, an um, artistic cultural society of a lack of people who can actually get there. You know, in many ways, it's kind of a wasteland right now. But mm. how do you, how do you, like, how do you tell somebody how to get there? Because saying to somebody, I mean, you can say, like, having your death experience, or you can say, like, just let go, or you can get all Yoda on them. Like, yeah, whatever you need to do. But, but like, it's like nobody, it doesn't happen often, is, is what I'm saying. And, you know, I don't even think it's the near death experience that got me here. I just think that I'm willing to jump without knowing that there's a net beneath me. Yeah. Like, I just feel like I know that, I'll say this, I know I was put here to do music like that's like my purpose but i feel like god can use me through the gift that he gave me you know what i mean yeah and so like part of using me is there's there's only a few things that i love food travel studying music and studying love i read so many books on love yeah like i'm always reading a book you watch rom-coms no, I don't like rom-coms. I don't think they're real. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I don't... I like real things. You ever watch Love Jones before? Yeah. Yeah. See, to me, that's a real love story. Oh, yeah, sure. That's sure, like, sure. Uh, you know, you got these two artists that are trying to figure it out. And for the whoever's listening, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to, to that movie... I like the fact that the writer showed both flaws. I think that Nina Mosley was wrong and selfish. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's interesting. It's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see a movie where the author shows that the woman was playing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And the man is still, he continues, even when she's wrong, he continues to walk toward her in vulnerability. Right. He continues. He... It's just a good movie. Just watch it. It is a good movie. Um, it's, it's funny. So, like, I actually love, I, and Eduardo, too, couldn't be here, but, like, there are varying, obviously, varying degrees of rom-coms. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think they serve a purpose, like, for me, because precisely that is that they aren't real. Yeah. But, they are an, but they're an ideal in some cases. I hear you. Some are ridiculous to search for. But there, there's this one. There's two, actually, that came out recently. There's one called About Time, where... Uh, <laughs> for some reason, it turns out the dude's family is just a bunch of time travelers. Okay. So he can go back and like fix his mistakes and, and wow. make this love happen. And in the out. end, he does. And it's very sweet. There's another one, though, called One Day. It's Han Hathaway. And it might be the same guy that's in this. Maybe okay. it's not. But it, And spoilers, kids. At the very end, like maybe last 15 minutes, like they have a kid. And uh, she's just riding her bike down an alley randomly and gets hit by a bus. And it and it is and it is, but it, you should you should watch this. It's okay. It's, but it's it's so like crushing and accurate to like because to what love is because all that before was all like joyful and fights and and portrayed it and like but these people stuck together over the years and they made it work and then it's like none of it matters mm. and that's why all of it matters. There's like um, I read these love books right. I, number one, I got to check out both of those movies. You do. Um, but I I read these love books, and one of my favorite favorites is The Art of Love by Eric Fromm. Okay. And he breaks down that love is an art. And like any other art, it must be studied. And he poses the question, of why does everyone think that they can love without studying it? Yeah. 
which I felt him on. Everybody, oh, I'm a great lover. I can, I could be with someone. I could be married. I, I'd be the perfect boyfriend. I'd be the perfect girlfriend. But there's no studying. It's just you, you think I love this way, you yeah. know, and you should get with my program. That makes no sense. Teach it alongside civics in middle school. There you go. You know? So, there. I mean, I read all of these theories of, like, how to have successful love, you know? Um, so, it's one of the things that I study, and it makes making these albums even easier for me. Because yeah. I'm trying to get to this place within myself where I can just keep becoming more vulnerable, becoming more open, uh, allowing myself to get to a place where... It's okay if someone hurts me. Yeah. But as my father always tells me, he says, never lose who you are. Yeah. Don't lose who you are just because someone couldn't respect it. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. He's like, just because she didn't want you and just because she didn't respect what you brought to the table, that doesn't mean you throw the table away. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I think that um, these albums are my therapy. That's why I like self-preservation. Yeah, I, yeah, this sort of, is me preserving myself. It, I don't know how it, someone else it, will receive it. Is. It is. And, and again, like I said, it's it's hard for me to talk about this as somebody who's not your friend. Like I, I don't... But I think how people should see these are as somebody who's putting themselves out there mm-hmm. for... And, and I don't mean this in like, there's ultimate universal truth in this. There may be. Yeah. But there are moments of truth. And there are moments of like... Ex- Static musical joy in these things that are just simply you putting yourself out there as a talented individual and 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 saying, "Hey, man, I can do this and I can talk like this." And it's almost like a challenge. Is like, why don't you try it next? I I that's hear song and dance, and it's like, hey, that's gonna be in a rom com. Okay. That's gonna be in the credits. I like that. I like that. But I love but, that song. I know you didn't write that because of that, but like, like it's it's so instantly classic. Man, thank you. And and all more so than any of your other albums, I think all this stuff on here is. And I and you know I I mentioned rom coms because in my head I placed all these in like scenes in a rom com movie. And I'm like, ah, I'm dope. like, motherfucker, Ab's gonna be a rich bitch because <laughs> he's got to get all this shit in movies and people are gonna hear it and it's just. But it's true. It is. It is taking this idiom, and and things that people forgot about, mm-hmm. and mixing it with things that are happening now, but not like, not curtailing to like a fad or anything. Yeah. It's just like you you perfected something. Yeah. <laughs> over the course of these three albums. I I appreciate you know how I appreciate that number one, but you know how you say like, I feel like. You feel like I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. Kevin, I'm just putting myself together. Yeah. Well, that, like that's, and that's part of it. That's it. And like, that's I'm not it. even. But to, but to do that in public is, okay. some, is, is rare. And, and you should know that, that, yeah. that people appreciate. I appreciate that. But everybody hears this. That's, I think that's what resonates with people is that it is so rare to be able to do that. 
you know, I, I think, uh, and this is also why I, I, I don't, again, I said this at the top, I don't know how you ended up in this basement originally, yeah, well, yeah. but, but this was, this was supposed to be. Yeah, it was meant to be. This is, it was meant you know, to be. Um, and, and as is with everybody who ended up down here. So when you get people like Eduardo down here or anybody that all of a sudden are putting themselves out there and it's like, for what? Yeah. And it's just maybe. sort of like to live. Yeah, and to heal. And to heal. You know, like when I like I say like this album is about restoration after heartbreak. It's interesting to me that if you're my age, if you're in your thirties, you've experienced some type of heartbreak. Yeah. And if you want to move forward and experience love again, you're going to have to restore yourself. You can't carry that heartbreak with you right. into the next relationship. You can if you want to, but I don't know if that's going to be a healthy relationship yeah you know but if both people decide like let me let me deal with with the heartache now before i meet the person the, the person shouldn't come and then you're like oh i need to get it together like right love yourself like get it together right now and i think this was like an example of me going through the therapy of healing yeah you know yeah it's um i don't know it's a remarkable album Thank you. I think uh, I think we pretty much covered it all, and uh, it's uh, I. I'm not even going to ask you what's next because I mean it's just you you're going to be out there. Um, man, I'm I'm working on the next. I I, have I, I know you, I know you are, but yeah, yeah. but uh, I'm sure we will be uh, continuing this conversation for years to come. Uh, Definitely, it was an, it's an honor to have you down here, man. Thank uh, you to end this chapter of things. I'm gonna have to come and, out uh, where you at, you know. You you have yeah. a home in Milwaukee, sir. Yeah, I'm gonna have to come to Milwaukee to do it for the next one. Like, hey, let's let's I dig get it. going. I dig it. I can come to Cleveland. That would be lovely. I was born in Akron. Oh man, come on. Let's AK do it. Rowdy Rowdy, back, North South Summit back County. To the, back to the homeland. You know? Uh all right, thanks a lot, Ab. Thank you for having me. So let me be clear from the start. Got a lot of miles on my heart. Don't wanna break down Big thanks to Ab for taking the time to uh, to come down and hang out one last time. I think I can't remember if he was before or after he was. He tours everywhere, so he was like actually leaving for Spain or getting back for Spain, and, uh, and it really was just like a day window that we could do this in. But uh, but we got it done. Uh, I, I really look forward to like talking to him uh, more in the future about everything he does. Just hanging out if you if you get the chance, um, seek him out. He's a remarkable remarkable human and. Um, and uh, and maybe so are you. And remarkable humans should should get together and be friends. That's how this this world gets better. Um, if if this is your first time here, discologists, welcome. Uh, if not, you, you know where to get us. But if if it is, um, we're we're out there everywhere. Uh, this is a Chunky Glasses production, so we're at chunkyglasses.com. dot com. We're on Twitter at, at Chunky Glasses, Instagram at Chunky Glasses, we're on Facebook at Chunky Glasses. Uh, you can also like subscribe to this on iTunes, Google Play, Mixcloud, and Stitcher. Uh, we're also on Spotify if you want to listen to us there. We're on Pippa. I think it's—I don't know what the address is right now, but I'm gonna—I'll update that in the show notes. But 
search Pippa or Chunky Glasses. That is our podcast host, and they are remarkable. In fact, they made this transition uh, happen. Uh, huge thanks to Simon over there, the CEO. He he crushed it. He turned around on the day and was like, all right, no interruption. We are we are good to go. Um, coming up in the next uh, few weeks, as we sort of launch forward, um, you say I think we're going to be publishing on Mondays and Thursdays, but we may, depending on how much we get to, we may publish more. But I know what we're talking about uh, tomorrow is a proper review of Epilogue. On Monday, we're going to be talking uh, about Robert Ellis's new album, Texas Piano Man. We're going to be talking about Cass McComb's Tip of the Sphere at some point. Talking about Julian Lage's upcoming album. Talking about uh, oh, I get to get uh, my friend PJ Sykes uh, to come talk about Sunshine Rock uh, from Bob Mold. Uh, just a lot of great conversations. If you are somebody who's hearing this, uh, maybe you're a longtime listener, maybe this is the first time you've heard of us, and you're like, I am. I, I think I might be into doing this. Well, we can be everywhere. Uh, so uh, hit me up at Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com and just put uh, podcast in the subject line and, and I'll pick it up. And you know, if it's something, an older album, a newer album, an artist, something, anything, and you want to talk about it, um, maybe we can make it happen because the important thing is that we are all talking about this and that we are all carrying this art forward. It's not, you know, the artists do so much work, uh, but it is also how it impacts us. And, and that's, what's important. and makes it all just a sort of beautiful part of life. That's it for this episode of Discologist. We will see you in a day. And uh, until then, uh, be good out there. Talk to you soon.